and he was actually done with his shift heading to go play golf with his brothers and he heard on the scanner that one of the towers was hit so he called his wife and said hey tell my brothers i can't make it to golf i'll catch up with you later returned to his firehouse they already responded so he grabbed his ppe and drove his personal vehicle towards the towers he was stationed in brooklyn at that point in time the brooklyn battery tunnel was closed he strapped on 60 plus pounds of gear ran through the tunnel and gave up his life saving others welcome back to one visit away with your host kevin fitzpatrick this show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Welcome back to One Visit Away, everybody. It has been quite a while since I've had a guest, and I'm not sure I remember how to do this, but I'm glad we've got Austin Bird here, who is uh, has been a longtime just supporter of the podcast and uh, always been super encouraging to me. So first off, just thank you, Austin, for everything you've done to just kind of uh, give me confidence that this is worth doing and uh, people are out there listening and uh, super excited to get to talk to you for the first time today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I forgot how I stumbled upon you. I think it was listening to a different podcast and heard mm-hmm. about One Visit Away, started listening and I went, oh good, someone who's very direct, practical mm-hmm. advice, and it just makes sense. So avid listener, tell my uh, other colleagues and friends in fundraising to jump on and listen as well. So excited to be here. Thank you again. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, if you could just tell everybody uh, yeah, who you work for, what you do, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So currently, I'm the senior manager of philanthropy with the Tunnel of Towers Foundation. So we are based on Staten Island, New York. Uh, we were founded uh, after 9-11. Um, Steven Siller was an FDNY firefighter, and he was actually done with his shift heading to go play golf with his brothers, and he heard on the scanner that one of the towers was hit, so he called his wife and said, hey, tell my brothers I can't make it to golf. I'll catch up with you later. Returned to his firehouse. They already responded, so he grabbed his PPE and drove his personal vehicle towards the towers. He was stationed in Brooklyn. At that point in time, the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel was closed. He strapped on 60 plus pounds of gear, ran through the tunnel, and gave up his life-saving others, hence the name Tunnel to Towers Foundation. So um, near and dear to my heart, my dad's retired police officer for over 30 years. I was a volunteer firefighter for five years. Um, That's how I actually got involved with the foundation. We do 5Ks across the country. And... uh, the main focus of the foundation is to provide mortgage-free housing for catastrophically injured veterans as well as first responders. And then we take care of mortgages for the families left behind after a first responder or veteran is killed in the line of duty, leaves behind a spouse or significant other and children. When Stephen gave up his life 20 plus years ago now, saving others, he left behind a wife and five kids. So it's important that we give them some sense of, I don't even want to say stability, but um, letting them know that that we care and people um, respect what their what their parents did and and the sacrifice that was made by that parent or and or significant other. Um, 
my role here, I, I work with um, donors that are 10,000 and above, uh, that fall within that 10,000 to $100,000 range. I always like to say that doesn't mean if someone wants to give me a million dollars, I don't say, hold on a minute, <laughs> let me grab the person down the hall. That's never how it works. I, uh, I, I don't know how to uh, accept so many yeah. zeros. I, <laughs> I can't yeah. comprehend. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I do a lot of that and uh, I help manage a, a team. Um, we implemented a regional approach. Uh, and from there, we have a lot of people that also do one-off fundraising events for us whether it be a small business, percentage of sales, things along those lines. So we have uh, a couple of coordinators. We have a couple of regional managers. So I help oversee that and really uh, roll out our stewardship program to let everyone know, hey, thank you. Um, and then also following up. I think one of the biggest things you've said is you don't, don't necessarily need to go find new people. If people have already raised their hand and given you money, go talk to them and find out why. Um, Time and time again, the proof's in the pudding. We had a donor gave $1,000. I said, hey, thanks so much. I'd love to chat with you. Emails back and says, call me anytime. And that leads to you know um, a large contribution. Um, but through that conversation, you find out, oh, I actually give away X number of dollars every year. These are the areas I live in. This is what's important to me. These are the other foundations I've given to. And it's just great to connect the dots because at the end of the day, we're just a vehicle for what someone wants to do. All you can do is explain what you're doing and give them, present them the opportunity. And if they like to take nice steps, great. If not, that's fine too. There's a wonderful, you know, charities out there. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, first off, I want to comment a little bit on the foundation just because I, man, there's so much to say there in such a short period of time. One thing is, I mean, I find it so fascinating, the idea that almost like the honorary founder of the organization gave his life. Um, and so, I mean, he's literally like, like any time we're talking to someone about giving a gift, it's like he literally gave everything. And I mean, especially... Yeah, I mean, thinking about with five kids left behind, I mean, knowing like full well, like there's a good chance I'm not coming home. Um, and here's the kicker. He was an orphan at the age of 12 and raised by his siblings. So wow. he went through it himself. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, that's a so, definitely yeah, a good way I, of putting it. <laughs> so, I mean, that combined with, and I watched like a video on y'all's website of just his, you know, siblings talking about him. It just seems like such a, like, humble down to earth family that just wants to do good and that combined with the incredible sacrifice he made has turned this into what it looks like from y'all's financials this is a big organization this isn't like the little you know when i first saw <laughs> it was like you know what's this place but like i mean like y'all have raised like over a hundred million dollars a year or something right yeah so uh we hit over a hundred million for the first time in 2020. Um, and then in 2021, we're still waiting for all the, the financials to come out again, but we're well and above that. But you're right. I was, I think, employee number 65 and I was hired in September of 2020. And now we are in what January of 2022 and we just surpassed, I think, 105 employees. So we were doing a lot with a little and we still are. Uh, but yeah, um, the way you worded it, saying just humbled, 
people just trying to do good is exactly correct. Um, that's our motto. Brothers and sisters, while we have time, let us do good from St. Francis of Assisi. But we shortened off that that front end and just let us do good. So Yeah, man. So good. That's awesome. So let's just jump right into it. I'm so excited for this. Uh, yeah, take uh, start us off with, with any story you'd like to share from your time. Yeah, of course. Uh, I know you always like to say any like funny ones or interesting ones that kind of throw yeah, you yeah. for a loop. Uh, I'm lucky that I haven't had a dog um, urinate on me or my pant leg go on fire. For those that haven't are new to the podcast, go back and find those. It's very entertaining. Uh, my first job in fundraising, I was an annual giving fellow for the university at Buffalo. So I worked with three different schools uh, in the university setting, and we were just go talk with everybody and get people reengaged in the greater Western New York community. So that's what I did. You graduated. You've given some money in the past. Let's go have a conversation. So I reach out to this person. He says, sure, let's get together at the coffee shop. No problem. I get there. I call him. The number's not working. I'm like, well, that's that's weird. So I email him. He responds. I finally find him. We sit down and, hey, tell me about your time at the school. What have you done? Yeah. Oh, I graduated. I enjoyed my time. I partied too much, but that's okay. I'm like, all right. Yeah, sure. Wherever the conversation goes. I'm working on this new business venture. Oh, that's really unique. How'd you come up with this? Oh, when I was in jail. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, okay. Tell me more. And going through it all. And it just threw me for a loop. And it's like, well, I really need funding. And how do I do this? And, and that. And like, no problem. I will connect the dots after after the meeting and we can go from there. And I sent him the information <laughs> to, to review further and, and possibly get engaged because he said he needed some interns and some workers and everything else. But it definitely was uh, a first. And that was one of my first handful of visits. And I yeah. remember coming back and speaking to my boss and he went, I don't think that's ever happened to me before. But uh, yeah, it's like, let me just, I, I've got quite a Rolodex of uh, former felons who I can put yeah. you in touch with that are now uh, in the private equity business. I think there's a uh, some alignment yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, so that one I'll never forget uh, for sure. So did he, did, did he ever wind up uh, doing anything? No, no. I followed up a few times uh, with him after the fact, but he, he said he looked, I think he actually, I think he did say he, he followed up with... Hmm the person that oversaw that particular department because uh, we were trying to do more things, entrepreneurial focus and whatnot. And he just said, ah, I realize it's not really a good fit, but I appreciate it. Something along those lines, which was fine. I mean, that's all we can do, right? You never know. Um, another fun one. I uh, followed up with somebody. One of my regions was Washington, DC. And this person had a nice bequest from many years ago. And I must have followed up a half a dozen times and finally get together for, for dinner. And she's so excited to take me to this restaurant. Okay, let's go grab food. And through the conversation, I just learned how impactful her experience was at the university, which was amazing. And then she, I said, oh, you know, you have your request. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited. I want to leave it to you guys, not to my family. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's great. Uh, is everything that you we have written, is this how you want it to be used still? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, wonderful. How's all that been going? Extremely well. It's doubled, and like I'm making so much more, and I can't wait to leave it to you. Okay, can you can you just put that in writing so we can update our records? One point two million dollar bequest later, <laughs> increase later, uh, 
and then furthering the conversations to demonstrate the impact of her giving saying are would you consider setting up a scholarship now like you you have the funds let's let's have that conversation and move that forward so i was in progress uh, of that conversation with her when i moved on to this opportunity i have now uh, plus covid came into effect and everything else but um, you just never know right if you if you don't ask the question the answer is always no and you've always said it too you don't necessarily have to go in saying i must ask because that's never the right attitude but if the opportunity presents itself ask what's the worst they can say no it's better yeah. than not knowing <laughs> yeah so. for sure and yeah, I mean, even even before that, it just seems so obvious, but but nobody does it. So it's just the fact that you met with her in the first place is like, yeah. you know, yeah. like this is why we have to be in front of people and why the other stuff people are telling you to do and fill out whatever and update the website or whatever it is that's taken away from meeting with people. Like you're literally just missing out on 1.2 million because... You know, yeah. we're, we're not getting in touch with our donors. Yeah, exactly. I had uh, one other person that comes to mind. Uh, they worked in higher ed, did extremely well. They had a fund they set up. It was himself and his and his uh, classmates, all big competitors. I work at this school and I've done this research and have this appointment and everything else. And it was great. They helped the school out. And his biggest thing was recognition. And he said, how come I didn't get, you know, more recognition. I explained to him, well, unfortunately, you didn't set up an endowed fund. Said, well, well, tell me more about that. And we went through it and I explained it. And he said himself, that's a very reasonable amount. I was like, okay, good. I'm glad you're saying that. And then at the end of the lunch, I said, okay, I'd like you consider setting up an endowed fund for this particular program. And he, he kind of giggled and then, and then kind of laughed. And I just looked at him and he went, oh, you're serious. You're good. You're good. Well, <laughs> you yourself just said it's reasonable. It's like, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, we, you can follow up and we can talk about that. And I went back and worked with the team um, at, at the school and worked with our, our communications team. We created the appeal that would work for him, that would appeal to what he wanted. I hate to use the word again, but that's really what it was. This is what we're going to do. You've been successful. We're going to put your name on this. We're going to request recruit the best and the brightest because of your name and because of this opportunity to help offset this cost. And we had COVID, so that unfortunate wasn't fun, but we jumped on a Zoom call. I had the dean jump on. He went through everything because we mailed it to him and he said, all right, I'm in. Let's do it. Tell me next steps. So, and that's somebody who gave previously. So, and they were still uh, fitting, I think they're in the last year of their commitment. Just ask. And then listen, he said it himself. I want recognition. He's had this successful career. So let's give him what he wants. And and luckily, that's exactly what happened. So, Yeah, that's awesome. Sweet. Um, yeah, tell me about any, any experiences. Yeah, I'm sure you've got other stories. But I'm curious about the... I'm honing in on this... Uh, Steven Sillers and his, his experience. Have, have you seen that, like... How much of a role has his sacrifice played into like people saying, you know, I'm going to step up in a big way kind of thing? I, I, or I guess it, like how much of a motivating factor is that? 
Yeah, I think a lot of times we'll we'll have inquiries of just tell me tell me more. I saw a commercial. How does that really work? And we'll field I'll field the email inquiry or the phone call and walk them through exactly what happens. Um, one of the best ones that come to mind actually, somebody contacted us thinking we did scholarships. I said, No, sorry, we, we don't that's not what we do, but I told her the story and explained everything from beginning to end and went through the programs and she's like, oh, okay, I can get behind that. And again, followed up. I must have followed up with her six to probably six times, maybe 12 times. And it resulted in a, a $20,000 gift. But it started with, I want to give a scholarship so a kid can go to college. <laughs> um, so that was a proud moment just to take somebody going, oh, hold on a minute. Let's walk you through what we do entirely. Did you, she I think had a general premise, but no one really knows until you walk them through everything. And then they realize the sacrifice because so many times they'll say, oh, I saw the commercial. I like that you help veterans. I like that you help first responders. Um, but how'd you come up with that name, Tunnel to Towers? And then you tell them the story and then they're just crying on the other side of the phone. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's definitely impactful and moves people just to get more involved. The amount of people that do those one-off uh, events for us they just, they're a veteran themselves and they know somebody or they just rally behind what we do and just want to be involved and help out. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see. And I forget who said it, um, but, you know, a lot of people giving a little can do a lot. And we have, um, you know, over 200,000 people that give to us on a recurring wow. monthly basis. Um, wow. And all we ask for is $11 Dang. a month. That's crazy. Yeah. You always talk about action, which I think is important, and getting out and connecting with your donors or prospective donors. And I worked in alumni engagement and had a, a hand in fundraising when I was down at Florida Gulf Coast University. And that's a very young school. It literally turned 21 when I worked there. So, I mean, the alumni base was very small. Um, but if you want to see an example of philanthropy, it's amazing how Southwest Florida embraced that school, well, called for it, and then, for lack of a better term, put their money where their mouth was and donated land and paid for buildings and said, we need a university here to help grow the area and also keep you know, these young kids here. Um, but uh, one of the alum I connected with um, was involved and had conversations and worked with her and invited her to things because her company was hiring uh, students and needed interns. And she herself was a recent graduate. And through building out that relationship, I find out that the owner of the company is an avid bourbon drinker and just loves hiring all the students. And then we randomly had a connection to Four Roses Bourbon. And they did a, the master distiller flew out for our like homecoming week and did a bourbon tasting class. So I was like, oh, you need the owner to come. She's oh yeah, for sure. So just from having conversations and re-engaging somebody, the owner comes, is interested, goes to the gala, has having further conversations, hiring up more and more students, whether it be for internships or for actual paid jobs. And I think when I left, he was in conversations with those way above me, because at that time I was just focused on the alumni base, but he was on his way to set up a scholarship um, and just continue giving. But you just, 
you don't know if I just sat behind my desk or didn't make the phone calls or the emails and then actually go and meet with people, none of that would have happened. Uh, and we missed out on a tremendous opportunity for obviously dollars in the door, but also in that regard from my job, we want to set up our students for success. That's a really important way of doing it. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also just the, I was thinking about this earlier today, just the like paying attention to little things like, oh, he really likes bourbon and then connecting those dots later on. You know, like there's so many, I don't know, there's just so many opportunities where someone says something that's important to them or they care about. And you can either just be like, whatever, and never think about it again. Or you can take a mental note. And at some point in the future, it's going to, it's kind of come, come back. Um, so I, I think of, I, I don't think I've shared this story on the podcast before. You, you would probably know. Um, but like one of our donors at the organization I used to work for, he, he told me that he really likes single malt scotch or he didn't even tell me this was in like a group setting he was just talking about it and he said that mccallan 12 was like his favorite or something like that and and then i mean years later one of our friends she was dating this guy and it was like uh coming up on christmas and so and apparently he really liked mccallan 12 too so for christmas she got him a bottle of this and then they broke up like <laughs> the day or two before Christmas. And so she was like, okay, well, what do I do with this scotch now? So she gave it to me and I'm not a huge drinker. And so I was just like, so I remembered, you know, this donor that like said, this is his favorite, favorite scotch. So like he, I knew we were going to be at an event together. It was like a breakfast thing. And, you know, afterwards I was like, Hey, I got something out in my car. And, you know, like I told him the story because, you know, I would never like buy someone a hundred dollar bottle of scotch or whatever. Um, but like, you know, with the story, I mean, he just appreciated it so much and like, you know, couldn't believe that I remembered that about. Yeah. Him. Oh, for sure. It's it's really all about connecting the dots. I mean, and just paying attention. The best tool for all my visits was the, the audio uh, message on your mm. iPhone or whatever your phone was. Like I would walk out afterwards yep. and just word vomit into the phone yes and listen to it a hundred times and then document 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 that was yeah. my first boss always said you know put it in there make yep. sure you because you never know um you don't have to go down the rabbit hole and say you know they like two sugars in their coffee that's <laughs> too much but you know <laughs> your your spidey senses should go up when they talk about their second home or their boat yeah. or their kid in college or you know whatever it may be um you know, it's the biggest thing. You know, if somebody mentions they have a new baby, uh, well, send them a onesie, send them a yeah. pacifier with, yeah. if your school in the higher ed setting, we had things like that. So right. yeah, yeah, that was yeah, part yeah. of the process of, Oh, Hey, congrats. There's a new uh, yeah. down in FGCU. There's a new Eagle in the nest, right? Yeah. It's cute. It's fun. they they remember it. It's nice. Yeah. So yeah, those little things awesome. go, they go a long way. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I remembered now one of the things I was going to comment on in your earlier story which was the fact that that woman that called in about the scholarships and, you know, you said it took you probably like six times or whatever to follow up. That's just something I, we can never tell these stories too much because, you know, it's one of the things I deal with all the time with my clients is just like, I've followed up with this person so many times and it's like, okay, 
when was the last time? Like, like when did you start this? And it was like, eh, about a month and a half ago. Okay, so you followed up with them like twice or something. Like in our heads, we think like, I followed up with them like 50 times. And, it's, and in reality, most, like for many people, whether you're trying to get the visit or you're trying to get a decision on a gift, it's not unusual at all to have to reach out to somebody five, six, 10 times to get somebody to make a decision. And I mean, just like with this lady, she didn't like, I don't know what the reason was, but she wanted to give that 20,000. They're just like, she she wasn't ignoring you because she didn't want to do it. There was just other stuff going on for whatever reason. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think about it, you get a list of to run to the store, or I want to transfer this fund, whatever it is, daily yeah. life gets in the way. Yeah. It's not that they don't want to do it. Just other things came up. You get emails that get lost in the shuffle. It's the same thing. And right. there's that fine line of being annoying and being, I joked and said, pleasantly persistent all the time. Yeah. And that's, it's needed. I had, again, back to my first role, hmm. I reached out to somebody probably three or four times and they said, hey, I'll meet with you. Contact me in I forgot what he said, like six months. So I did. Yeah. Hey, you said, yes, I'm, I'm yeah. here. And he's like, okay, great. Come in on Tuesday. And he just said, I'm going to give what I usually give, but who are you? Because nobody actually follows right. up and then right. does what they say they're going to do. So yes. tell me about you, update me on the school. Uh, let, let's have the conversation. And it was fruitful, you know? Yeah. Um, he was excited that I was in a new program and we were reengaging our local alumni and, he was already hiring students. His kid just graduated. Mm. Uh, so he was, and he was an alum himself. So, I mean, that's always nice to see the the family um, still involved with the school, but just one of those things where I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, what do you, you met with me because I said I was going to follow up with you in six months. And I did. Is that right. that uncommon? I don't, yes. <laughs> I don't understand. So it's one of those things that, you know, there's a fine line, obviously. Um, but I feel like if you're if someone said they want to give you uh, a donation or they want to learn more information, have that conversation. Yeah. You always say it. Okay. What's what would make sense for me to follow up with you next? Whether they say I don't know or you determine it or not, just throw it on your calendar. A week or two later, drop another note. Say hi. Share an update. Wanted to check in. Do you have any questions? You push that out, and then you know. Two, two months later, you have a, a six-figure gift or or you don't and they just say, hey, you know what? It's not working out, um, not at this time, but contact me next year or whatever it is. And then you know to mark that down and move on to somebody else. You want to be respectful of everyone's time, especially your own. So Yeah, yeah. And th- this idea that, you know, yes, I so many people, when you reach out to them, they'll say, like, reach out to me in six months or whatever. And I'll even do this. Uh, like, I do this now with people that want to get on my calendar for whatever reason. Like, I just have I just have way too many people that want to talk to me about something than I have time mm-hmm. to reasonably engage in. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll just say, because it's true, hey, like I'm swamped for the next two months. Can you reach out to me in, like, March or something? And part of the process there is like, yeah, like I just don't, I can't justify doing it now. But then also it's like, let me see if this person actually like cares about this because lots of people want to do things sort of. And then if you, if there's any (laughs) obstacle at all, they just give up. And so it weeds out some of the, uh, 
you know, time waster things, which is exactly what I think a lot of donors do is like, yo, let me give them like, let me give them the old two month waiting test and let me see who passes. And then somebody like you comes along and it, I mean, it's literally, it's less than 10% of people. It's probably 1% of people that actually follow up. So when it happens, it's, it's stands out. Yeah. It, that, and that's the fun of it, right? I mean, yeah. if you, you work for an organization you really care about, you know that you do outstanding work, you know that you want to have an impact. And if somebody raises their hand and wants to do something, then you owe it to yourself and your foundation or whatever the organization is to follow up with that individual. And also you owe it to them because you're just presenting them with that meaningful opportunity. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a joy of giving. Right. Uh, I had one of our new hires um, did our normal stewardship outreach. Thanks so much. Let's jump on the phone. Want to learn more about you. And through that conversation, his parents then signed up for giving. And then he said, you know, I split my time. I'm in these two states. I'd love to do something in this state. This is where I'm spending more of my time now that I'm retired. Do you have anybody? Is anything happening? Uh, working through our lists and working with our home recipient team, we find somebody where he lives. Hey, this is what's going on. He said, great. And I sat on the call right, right with my colleague. And again, this was months, right? Two, three, four months. And uh, just the opportunity presented itself. We had a connection with that individual. And he said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you 100000 Let me wire it over. And he said, okay, I'm doing this. And he just went, wow, this feels amazing. This is, this is unbelievable. I thank you so much. I was like, You're, what? You're welcome, but also thank you because now you know we can take care of this 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 mortgage for this family who just lost their their um, their spouse and their their parent. Uh, so that's always a good reminder. I feel like because at times it can be discouraging hearing no's or the other things that present themselves, but you're you know you're one step closer to a yes, and you're one step closer to somebody thanking you for giving them the opportunity to help somebody. Um, and you're just the vehicle. That's why I always try to remind our everyone and myself all the time is just we're just here to help other people and give them that opportunity to to give and have a greater impact. And that's it. Yeah. So. And I would imagine part of uh, part of y'all's role, I would imagine, is even educating people that there's a need for this. Like I would bet you, like if you just pulled a hundred people and you were like, Hey, if, uh, if, you know, a, if, if a military member or a, you know, police officer, firefighter, first responder of some sort, if they die in the line of duty, um, like, do you think the government takes care of their housing for like, you know, their family going forward? Like I would bet most people would say, well, yeah, like, uh, of course, like, wouldn't they, but apparently that's not the case. And so, like like you you would think that these things would be like this is part of what our tax dollars go to but um it, it's an opportunity for some so like i would imagine if a lot of people just hear that they're like oh dang like this is a problem and then it's like man like i would i would much rather like i would love to give a hundred thousand dollars to help someone in this way than you know the hundred thousand I pay in taxes that goes down the uh, endless tube of failure, but <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that exact uh, statement is used probably on a weekly basis when I have conversations with people. Of 
I can't believe it's not already being done. And I'm glad to give it to you instead of to Uncle Sam because I know you'll, you know, do good with it. Um, some variants of, of that. Uh, but that's really, you know, it comes down to just, like you said, educating people and then really just presenting them with the opportunity. You know, when you're able to jump on the website and see the families that we've helped and the stories uh, and then those that are in queue to then just say, hey, here's someone in your, you know, you live in, I know you live in Texas, right? So, hey, this is who we're helping over in Texas. Okay, great. I, I want in. And can I come to the home dedication? Absolutely. You know, we're, we're building someone a home. This is a celebration. Please come be a part of it. See it, feel it. Um, and it's the same thing. People go, this feels great. Um, thank you. And let's, let's, let's do another one. So, yeah, that's amazing. So cool. Well, we're starting to approach the, the end of our conversation. Are there any, uh, other stories you'd like to share Austin? Uh, I'm just curious, what would be your most memorable, uh, gift, whether it be Mm. a tough visit or just, the best one you've ever had ending on a high note. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> flipping the flipping the tables here. So I I won't go into too much detail for a variety of reasons, but the most meaningful gift that I've ever received was from a I spoke at a church um related to a fundraising effort and there was a how old is she? She, she was a freshman in high school and she mailed in $50 in cash with a letter talking about how inspired she was and she wanted and how she wanted to help. And she realizes it wasn't, um, you know, like, like wouldn't make the kind of impact we were looking for and the types of gifts we were looking for. But she was like, here's just some, some money I made while babysitting. And so like I've kept that letter, you know, in my desk all these years and that's that's always been the most most meaningful gift I've ever received. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And that's when another good reminder to keep in your drawer just to read it when things are tough. Well, yeah. If a high school kid can decide to yes. part way with their babysitting money, I can yeah. pick up the phone. <laughs> Heck so. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, this was awesome. Austin, is there anything you would like to uh, give a shout out to or make people aware of for the 50 million people that will listen to this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to drop me a note if you ever want to collaborate or have questions or just connect. I I love networking and staying in touch with people. Um, That's how I reconnected with my wife. So... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was on a work trip and I said, hi, let's catch up. And then here we are. So, so were y'all, did y'all know each other from like high school or what? Yeah. Yeah. We knew each other through church and, uh, one of my close friends was dating and now married to her brother. And I always stay in contact with everyone. And we saw people around the holiday time for the Turkey trot or whatever was happening. And I was in New York and I said, let's catch up, which is what I did on all my travels, if I knew yeah. someone there, I said, let's get to get, let's hang out and grab dinner or drink, whatever coffee. And that's what I did. And Boom. now I'm happily married for three months. Yeah. Whoa. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I'm this just stuff... getting two months. So. 
That's okay. Two months. That's awesome. So yeah, this this stuff works for for fundraising, for finding your spouse. You got to get out there in front of people. And uh, yeah, uh, last question in case anybody's interested. Where can... So y'all do these 5Ks all over the country, you said. Where can people uh, find out more about those? Yeah, that's a great question. Just go to t2t.org. And on there, you'll see the National Run, Walk, and Climb series. So we do them throughout the whole country. And then the last weekend of September, we follow in Stephen's footsteps and actually run through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel to now what is the Freedom Tower. Uh, we have over 20,000 you know, plus participants that weekend um, on that day of the race. So uh, if anyone's in the neighborhood, sign up and do it. It's an amazing, amazing day. So Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Austin. Really enjoyed this conversation and uh, look forward to having everybody listen to you as our first guest in who knows how long. <laughs> first of many. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. That was Austin Bird, Senior Manager of Philanthropy at Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Guys, I've been blown away by everybody leaving ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Like I've asked many times on LinkedIn, y'all have really come through. So thank you so much. We are really close. We're at like 95 uh, ratings and a bunch of reviews. So if you could go on there... I'd love to get to 100 five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show grow. But thank you so much for all the support. Um, if this episode has inspired you to go schedule more visits, please share it with other development professionals and uh, let people know about this podcast. Thanks so much for uh, you know, dealing with my solo episodes for so long. Hope you all enjoyed this one with a guest. And as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from having somebody give you $100,000 and thanking you for the opportunity to do it.